Welcome to the Covert Narcissism Podcast. I'm your host, Renee Swanson. So my question is, was he that good at pretending to not be mean around you? Or was he really good at gaslighting you to make you believe he is being nice when he's not? And you might not know, so just skip the question. Because, or, or was I that good at ignoring it and pushing it under and, and living in my own false sense of reality? I know, but but you, that's true. That's a fact. Okay. Yeah. Because um, that was my fact. That's a fact of probably all SLDs or codependents listening. But the reason I ask you that is I want people to understand that covert narcissists need us to blame ourselves and to feel like we're missing something when in the background they're orchestrating it. So yes, when, did, very true. when did things fall apart? When when did it become intolerable for you? So around our it was our, our 10th wedding anniversary was a was a massive blow up and a and a big ordeal that was very eye-opening for me. And, and if you I'm not gonna share the whole story here, but if you listen to my podcast, you know, you'll find it there. Mm-hmm. But it's really the first time that I really thought, okay, something is wrong here. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not me trying to cover everything up anymore. It was the first time I think I put my own glasses down right. and went, what's going on? You, and now, and I started... Probably the, you probably put the, your own glasses down, but those he put in the lenses. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. My, okay, but go ahead. So yep. you put... You put your glasses down and you started to see things differently. I did. I started to kind of watch more. I became more of an observer. Now, I was still pretty hooked. I'm not going to say it was instant. And like I said, this whole process was very gradual. But it started to become a little more frequent that I just kept watching going, why is he behaving this way? Instead of instantly jumping in to fix it. Right. And I started opening up to a friend of mine. We'd been this. So this that that phase lasted still again for several years. So about Mm -hmm. 14 years into our marriage, I actually for the first time opened up to a friend of mine at a coffee shop and just said, I'm really confused in my marriage and I'm really not happy. And she and I just started talking like a lot. Mm-hmm. And we were having coffee about once a month. And and I just, I would be on the phone with her on a regular basis. And the more I talked with her, she kept encouraging me, go see a therapist, go talk to somebody, you mm-hmm. know, go, go explore this. And she kept pushing on that. And I, no, it's okay. I don't need a therapist. Like we're okay. Um, and I just, again, I dig in and do the work I needed to do or believed I needed to do. And finally, 17 years into the marriage, I set an appointment with a therapist and I went and talked with them. And I, at this point, the word narcissism was not even on my radar like this. No, I, I went into the therapy session and, and he said to me, okay, tell me why you're here. And I said, well, I'm, I'm here to talk about two things. And he said, okay. And I said, my church and my marriage. Right. And he kind of laughed and went, boy, that's a loaded statement in and of itself. And, and so I started opening up about my marriage within five minutes. He said, do you know what the word narcissism is? And I said, kind of, I said, I I mean, I know a little bit about it, but he said, let me describe it to you. My jaw hit the ground as he described what I was living. So so 
he described probably the diagnosis narcissistic personality disorder. And I say that because there's a lot of stuff out there on the internet where we talk about mean nasty narcissists, but they're to someone who's a psychotherapist, there's an actual disorder, a personality disorder that yes. is that is a person that has no ability to understand why they're hurting someone and change and is is sometimes yeah. ruthlessly focused just on themselves. So he yeah. he put the light bulb over your head that went off. <laughs> it sounded yes. Like. Yes. Although I'm gonna say even in that first session, one thing he said to me kicked me right back into my, you know, I'm gonna fix this mode. Because one of the things he said to me was narcissists don't ever change. And my immediate words to him were, then my husband's not a narcissist because he can change. Help me find the right words so that he can change. So yeah, okay, he, I still was trying to fix this. Yeah. So he had you had not yet had your podcast, and I had not yet probably had my YouTube <laughs> videos out there. And the world, no. were, were, they were unaware of covert narcissists. And right. as I say, um, covert narcissists have elements of antisocial personality disorder or sociopathy. And so they they actually mm -hmm. know what they're doing. And so they can they need to seem human for the codependent, um, which would be me in a relationship or you, so that mm -hmm. they can be so that the victim like you and or me, who has empathy, look at them as human. And so mm -hmm. they have to like inculcate that belief. And so it was a shock to your system when you heard this very guy much so. incorrectly tell you about one uh, one type of narcissist. Yes. So, so you thought he could change, and so and what what did you end up figuring out? So so he recommended a book, and and the book is titled "The Wizard of Oz and Other Narcissists." Oh my gosh, my favorite book on narcissism. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. And he recommended it, and I stopped yeah. on the way home, and I bought that book. I stopped at a bookstore and I bought the book. Eleanor, so, Pay Eleanor Payson, the and it is the wizard. What's it called? Uh, the wizard. The of wizard Oz. of Oz and other narcissists. Buy the book. Oh yes, buy the book. It's a fantastic book. Mm. And and I went home that night, and everybody had gone to bed, and I sat down on my couch and I started reading. Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay, I'm going to see what he's talking about here. First chapter, yeah. I mean, a lot of things line up. Not quite you know, right, not, yeah. okay, this, yeah, it kind of, it's there. Then I get into this next section, and it's covert narcissism. And check, check, check. I start checking boxes. This lines up. I sat there on the couch and just sobbed. Right. Somebody gets it. I finally felt seen. I finally felt heard. I finally felt validated. Somebody out there gets it enough that they even wrote a book about it. Right. And, and, what also happened, probably unconsciously, the spell that he created um, of, because it did not happen by accident. Um, um, you, like most of us, we think it's our fault. But if you lasted 17 years, he consciously did things or didn't do things to keep you in the dark. And so you started mm -hmm. to see him like the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain. <laughs> 
behind the curtain. Yes. Yeah. And once you see it, you cannot unsee it. Right. And and then it started watching. And then I really became an observer of my mm-hmm. marriage. Cause even this was at 17 years of marriage. And I um I still was there another three years. The mm-hmm. divorce did not happen until um almost 21 years of marriage. And um and I just everything was clicking. All of a sudden, I'm I'm looking at it, going, "Okay, that's why I feel this way. That's why I feel this way. That's why." And I started putting the pieces together. So I continued with this therapist actually for quite a while. And my goal at that point was to learn everything I could possibly learn about narcissism, covert narcissism, codependency, mm-hmm. everything. Again, and what can I do to help my kids? Because at that point, I was dug in for all I was worth to help them. Sounds like a great therapist. Um, you got yeah. lucky. A lot of them, yes. don't, fortunately, don't have a clue about codependency, which is why I, I wrote my books and why I'm writing my next book, The Codependency Revolution. But he sounded like he also knew a lot about pathological narcissism and the connection. Yes. So, yes. Well, he had his own experience with it in his past. Right. And I think that's, that's the key. I don't think somebody can under, truly understand this unless they've lived it too yeah so your eyes are getting open you're learning more um without knowing it he's neutralizing reversing the gaslighting you're starting to understand who he is is not equal to what you see or what he wants you to see so where did Mm -hmm. that lead where did that lead you so it actually one of the things that happened for me was now when the the gaslighting came or the blaming a lot of blame shifting okay going on a lot of guilt manipulating um when these things were happening i I remember in my mind you know used to be that would send me into that fight or flight response um you know the pit in my stomach and and all the adrenaline and all of this now instead when that happened in my mind i'm thinking Hey, thank you. Thank you. I needed another one to make sure I understand this. You know, now I can understand a little bit better, a little bit more. And and then when we'd get into that, there's this weird peacefulness that have a weird calmness that just happens because this abuse amnesia, which is a real thing. And and the next morning after he's treated me, you know, abusively, it's like it just disappeared, you know, from his world and and it used to disappear from my world. Abuse amnesia. Tell tell our listeners what that means. Tell me what it means. It sounds really like a, a really good term. What's abuse amnesia? Yes. Well, so it's it's when okay, you go to bed uh that night in in absolutely in tears because of the circular conversation, the mm-hmm. the four-hour-long conversation, you're blamed for everything. Uh maybe it turns into a full-on fight, who knows? And and you go to bed. And the next morning, it's, oh, hey, babe, you want a cup of coffee? You know, can I make you some breakfast? It's like it never happened. And so it just goes away. So to the abuse amnesia, I will add a codependent has unconscious, subconscious fear of abandonment, pathological loneliness, and they so much identify safety in a relationship that it, um, um, sabotages your rational thinking so that fear is so deep and unconscious that there is a stronger need to forget it Um, yes so when they wake up pretending like everything's fine right you jump right on board with that right yeah yeah and so then we were living in this like it's like you're just in this weird like twilight zone is what i used to call it 
of just none of that happened. And and I I would be in that weird place. And I remember thinking, well, that's okay. He'll he'll show me again. You know, it's okay to just be okay being peaceful while I'm getting healing, while I'm figuring out how to help my kids, while I'm figuring out what I'm gonna do in my life. I was able to allow things to just disappear now because I understood it more. And I always knew it would come back. I always could count. It's the one thing I can always count on is it will come back. What will come back? The abusiveness, right? The the right. gaslighting, the blaming. Like even though things right now he's being nice. That's what I hear from people a lot when they meet with me. Is what do I do now when when he or she is being nice? And I'm like, you just you just accept the peacefulness while you go figure out what you want to do in your life and with your world and make sense of this. But you don't have to stay angry at him all the time. It's okay to not. In a sense, you're out of the trance. Um, and my and I suggest the trance was um, as SLDs. You know, we bring that to the relationship, and the the narcissist creates it. So you're out of the trance. You're seeing things. You're not forgetting things. You're collecting information. Mm -hmm. What happens next? So you're collecting, I started journaling and documenting everything, all the mm -hmm. memories I had, all the current things going on. I just mm -hmm. started, I mean, like a madman, I was doing all of this. And then I remember reaching the point where I wrote, I actually wrote it and I typed it because this was on the computer, but I typed the prosecution rest. That's so interesting. I didn't need any more. I didn't need any more evidence. I didn't need any more proof. And so you, I started moving towards divorce. You neutralize the gaslighting, you neutralize the generational, generationally implanted SLDD denial or codependency denial. And so you woke up, you saw mm -hmm. it for what it was. So you sought a divorce and, and, and from there, what happened? So the divorce part was actually pretty smooth and easy. I will say that. Um, he, you know, very much so wanted to protect his image and all of this. And, and I let him, I'm like, I don't, I don't have anything to defend to him anymore. I don't have anything to prove to him anymore. And so that part actually was pretty quick and easy and over. Uh, and so I, I, wait, hold on. I don't mean to interrupt, but I want to make an important distinction. It went easy because he's a covert narcissist. He's a sociopath. You are smart, intelligent. You figure things out. He has more to lose. He's not a typical grandiose narcissist where he's oblivious. He knows what's going on. And if he should fight it, there's more to lose. So then he's better off at being that it's um, uh, um, a amicable. amicable. And that mm -hmm. is, that's a sign of covert nar narcissism uh, who has effectively and accurately evaluated the person to know they're a threat to let them go. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair. And that's a very, very valid point. And and I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to ponder that some because I I I definitely I like what you're saying there and I definitely would would agree with that. Yeah. And um and so the divorce the divorce happened and I just kind of moved forward with my life. My Facebook group um definitely exploded. Um mm. I started the Facebook group before the divorce uh, actually had happened, before we'd filed or anything. Um, but it was after that then that I've just poured so much more time and energy into it. And so now, you know, my healing path has been just exploded on me. My boys, um, you know, it really changed my relationship with them within the marriage actually my relationship right. with them changed a lot because when i quit putting so much effort and energy into my marriage 
and uh, quit like defending him, quit in essence gaslighting my kids, then my relationship with them really became a relationship of honesty and trust and safety. Yeah, you woke up. You were in a trance. He he was more diabolical than you thought because, of course, all SLDs come to the relationship with their own stuff that makes them the perfect victim for a covert narcissist. But you woke up. You started to see the world as it was. And your children, you know, I, I imagine, you know, like flowers or um, needing extra sunlight and extra water um, mm-hmm. beautiful children already just began to flourish because they they were you were now oh, they needed a mom who was awake so that's yes. that, that sounds really cool yes while they yes they absolutely began to flourish but they also had their own um at that point they had to go through the process as well of putting their own glasses down that's hard and so there definitely was some painful um, some painful periods of that growth as well. Especially if he's in, if he's also in their heads. But right. But they had a role model, model mother who was going to show them what's real and what's true. So you started, right. so you, your Facebook page um, started to explode. When did this harrowing experience, this triumph of, of human spirit, of your courage, of your survival um, and motivation to survive, when? Or how did that translate into you becoming a coach? So when I when I say I dug into the research on covert narcissism, yeah. you know, I, I have a master's in actually in music. And, mm-hmm. and I researched a lot in that. There's a lot of effort that went into that. It doesn't touch the amount of research I put into narcissism. I mean, mm-hmm. I dove in full on um it's it's like doing the work of a phd is how how it you know i got my my marriage certificate but instead i I came out with a you know a phd in narcissism (laughs) and and so i was doing all of this educating myself and reading and i was doing it for myself and for my kids Mm -hmm. in the facebook group then now i'm interacting with other people there and and as I am, number one, it's making my journey make a little more sense because mm-hmm. they're saying things that maybe I hadn't thought of it that way. And and I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, I need to look into that. And I'm now helping them and we're helping each other. And I love a community. I love a community. Okay. My logo is four heads with their arms around each other. Oh, that's, that's cool. I love I love a community. And every time I was able to help somebody, it it validated my journey a little bit more. It made my journey make a little more sense. And they were experiencing the same thing with with me and with each other. It mm-hmm. really became a place for people to help each other. Right. And as this developed, I thought, why in the world? I, I need to go ahead and get some certification and some, you know, uh, let's let's take this a little further. And so then right. I looked at explored into life coaching, and that's the path I went. Very cool. And tell us about um and and I love that story. And if we had another hour, um, that part would be like as interesting as everything else. But um, sorry, we, we're running out of time. But tell us a little bit about what you became. Where are you now um, as as a life coach, as um, one of the leading voices on 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 this topic, um, an inspirational person, a person who is a role model um mm-hmm. where what do you do now and 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 what's it what's it like for you 
So, so when I was post-divorced, it was mm-hmm. about a year maybe post-divorce, I, I was getting overwhelmed with reading what people were putting in the Facebook group and, and it was triggering to me. Like right. it was, I couldn't handle it emotionally. And I actually walked away for about six months. I will, I will say this. I walked away mm-hmm. from that group. I put it in the hands of a trusted friend mm-hmm. and, and I told the group, look, I'll, I got to take a break from narcissism. If I'm not thinking about narcissism all the time, what in the world do I think about? Like I needed some of me, you know, at that point, cause mm-hmm. I was still feeling pretty, um, just overwhelmed by all of it. That phase really was a transition for me because that's where I really, you know, Debbie Mercer calls it cocooning. That's yeah. where I really kind of isolated myself, made my world smaller and safer and spent right. a lot of energy into my own healing. When I came back out of that, like in essence came up for air or, you know, became the butterfly out of the cocoon, I was ready. I was like, okay, we are doing this. I am out there now to help this world. Right. And um, and so that's that's the mission. I just I want to reach out. I want people to know they're not alone. I am a firm believer in the value of community, which is again where in this Facebook group, the whole goal of that group is for people to help each other. It's not for professionals coming in. It's not for um, you know any because we're very firm on no soliciting. It's for neighbors helping neighbors, people right. helping people. And and the value of that. So I'm I'm very community based, and so now I've got a little really, yes. really, really quickly. So this whole cocooning thing um, for six months, the way I see it is, you needed is a very healthy process. You needed to build space in between your journey of coming out and surviving, and protecting yourself and your kids, and time to get to know yourself to heal, or what I would call build self-love abundance, so that you had this foundation of mental health. And when you got there, you then move forward. That is an extraordinary um, self-awareness and an extraordinary decision. And kudos goes to you. So thank you. It was a valuable decision. (laughs) I just didn't didn't want to miss that part. So please continue. Yeah, so that was a very, very valuable decision for me. And and then as it as this has grown, um, I'm I will say I'm very humbled by just the the response, the response of the world. Uh, I mean, this reaches around the world. This is not exclusive to you know U.S. or North America or England right. or Scotland or whatever. It's not exclusive to any single location, any single career path, any gender, any race. It's not. This is so widespread and and it it breaks my heart every time that people are in need of this kind of help. But thank God we've got it and and we're able to give that and able to reach out and and provide that you are you are quite modest so um and and i I respect that you actually have made a huge impression on the global scale um, what how how much is your podcast listen to it it's you're like one of the top top podcasters on the subject um am i correct yeah Yeah. yes yes you are correct and and honestly i don't read a lot of the numbers i let my producer do that (laughs) and i just keep doing what i'm doing um but i know that we've had you know we've had over a million downloads i know that you know we are hitting record numbers every time you know uh with all the releases and and i i 
I want to get to the point where, you know, I could release an episode every day, but right. I, that's, that's not a commitment I can uphold right now right. Uh, you know, in my own world. But I have a lot of visions of where I want all of this to go. Um, I'm constantly, you know, expanding our reach as gently as I can, because I, I refuse to make this, um, you know, so costly that nobody can get the help they want. Um, and so it's just little gentle um, bumps in what I'm doing and the work that I'm providing. So tell our listeners and viewers um, what services your CNG group provide and how um, they can get a, get in touch with you, how they can um, reach out for help. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm happy to do that. And I want to say one little piece about the letters C and G. So that's Covert Narcissism mm -hmm. Group. That's how that started. Yeah. Well, then as I started to do this, I had people who can't have the word narcissism show up on their, you know, Facebook feed or their oh, credit card statement or any anything. And so CNG is that's part of why we shortcutted it to be those three letters stands for community and grace. Oh, that's and so yeah, and I do have, I have two websites. I have covertnarcissism.com. Uh, yeah. That is my main website in regards to just information, getting the information out there to to everybody. But then I also have a separate website that's cnglifecoaching.com. That website is where people then go to find me for setting up sessions or any of that. So that, that just looks like a life coaching page and yeah. uh, does not have that connection to the word narcissism. It's interesting um, for different reasons. I, I am a big proponent of changing the name codependency to self-love deficit disorder mm -hmm. because one is highly stigmatized and has a negative um, reputation and one represents a problem that has a solution. So sure. thank you. Thank you so much for this fascinating, fascinating interview story because uh, I have no doubt um, your story and your triumph over what some people think they can never overcome and i will say i was one of those people who thought i could never overcome this um i and if i can do it you can do it if if you know people are stronger than they know stronger than they think they are and um and there's there's grace to be found and there's there's healing to be found there is life after narcissism <laughs> yes there is well, yeah. let's not make this the, the second and the last. I look forward to the next yeah. time we talk because when I talk to you, I learn a lot. I appreciate you even more. And I just have fun. So thank you for that. And <laughs> thank you, Ross. Thank you for having me on your show. And thank you. It's, it's a pleasure to get to know you and to spend this time together. Thank you. You take care now. Bye-bye. You have been listening to the Covert Narcissism Podcast with your host, Renee Swanson. Be sure to check out our website at www.covertnarcissism.com. There you will find many resources just for you to help you on this journey. You can also reach out to me by email at Renee, R-E-N-E-E, -E, at cnglifecoaching.com. Those letters are CNG as in Covert Narcissism Group. I do look forward to hearing from you. I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing. The information provided by Renee Swanson and the Covert Narcissism Podcast is for educational purposes only and is not to be used for diagnosis purposes and not intended to be a substitute for clinical care. Please consult a healthcare provider for guidance specific to your case.
This material discusses narcissism in general. It does not claim that any specific person has narcissism and should not be used to refer to any specific person as having narcissism. Permission is not granted to link to or repost this material to support an allegation or a claim that any specific person is a narcissist. That would be an unauthorized misuse of the material and information provided.